0: This is The 101, a podcast with local discoveries, in-depth conversations, and informative stories from the communities that hug Highway 101 along California's central south coast. From Thousand Oaks to Ventura to Santa Barbara and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle Loxton. Welcome to our very first season. I'm so happy you could join us. Today we're going to be looking at something you probably never really thought about. Microplastics in our oceans have been talked about a lot. A recent study of the Monterey Bay on California's central coast revealed microplastics have invaded the deep ocean and our food chain. But it's not just microplastics that are polluting the ocean with plastic. The blame also goes to that comfy fleece jacket you recently sent for a spin in your washing machine.
1: What happens is that it sheds tons and tons of fibers, and these fibers are so small that they're not caught in any of the regular filtering systems.
0: For the last four years, scientists at California Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks have been studying the presence of microfibers from clothing in the local waterways and marine life around Ventura County. They found they are in everything from deep sea fish to
1: watershed sediment. And the first time I show them microfibers under the microscope, they're just like, oh my God, I I didn't know that there's microfibers in the ocean. And I'm thinking, well, where do you think it all goes?
0: In this episode of The 101, we'll follow some local scientists as they set out to find out how polluted the natural environment is with microfibers.
2: So we're probably standing on thousands of them right now.
0: I'll also ask what can be done about this type of plastic pollution in our oceans. That's all coming up in this week's episode of The 101. Support for The 101 comes from KCLU listeners and Cottage Health. For nearly 130 years, Cottage Health has been providing advanced medical care for patients throughout California. Nationally recognized for quality care and patient satisfaction, the team at Cottage Health puts patients first with excellence, integrity, and compassion. Services include the Cottage Heart and Vascular Center, Cottage Center for Orthopedics, Cottage Children's Medical Center, and Santa Barbara Neuroscience Institute. More at cottagehealth.org. This is The 101. I'm Michelle Loxton. Clothing made of polyester, nylon, or fleece gets softer and even comfier over time. It almost breaks down. That's because when you wash this type of clothing in a washing machine, thousands of plastic fibers that make up the garment are shed into the water. They are extremely small, we're talking five millimeters or less, and they are called microfibers. They are too small to be caught by a washing machine's filter. And ultimately, they end up in our waterways.
1: They just go into the ocean through regular gray water out of a washing machine.
0: That's Andrea Huvard. She's a professor of biology at California Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks.
1: The number of microfibers are really uncountable that have basically been shed from that piece of clothing and end up in the ocean.
0: Houvard's been studying the presence of microfibers in waterways around Ventura County and beyond for the last four years. She and her students set out to prove something they already knew about microfibers.
1: We do know that microfibers in the ocean are ubiquitous. They are they're everywhere.
0: But how many are there? Essentially, Huvard and her students want to find out how polluted our natural environment is with microfibers, looking at everything from ocean water and sediment to all kinds of fish. To do that, they had to collect samples from lots of different locations. I tagged along with a few of Huvard's students on a visit to one of those places, Sycamore Canyon. The canyon is located just off Pacific Coast Highway, a 20-minute drive south from the city of Oxnard. Adriana Ibrahim and Mia LeClaire are lab partners. Here's Ibrahim.
2: So this site at Sycamore is actually a watershed. All the rivers and everything wash out to the ocean, so along with all the stagnant stuff, they bring with it all the wastewater from the wastewater treatment plants that are a little bit more up north.
0: And LeClaire?
2: So we chose this as it's very stagnant, Um, so it's, has a lot of time for microfibers to settle, and so we'll find them more accessible in the sediment here.
0: This watershed is a prime location for research because there's nearby wastewater treatment plants.
2: The wastewater treatment plants, they do filter out the majority of the microfibers, but they do not get all of them, which is why areas we've been researching, like this watershed right here, have statistically more microfibers than the other locations we've been looking at.
0: The lab partners head down to the ocean's edge
2: right here just scooping up the sediment and placing it into our sample bag just until it's about full and that should be good for one of the bags.
0: LeClaire collects a bag of sediment in one location. She's an environmental science student. Meanwhile, Ibrahim collects from another high tide location nearby for comparison. She studies biology.
2: So again, just digging down into the sand and scooping it up and putting it into the bag. And then again, when it's about full, close it off. And then on the label of the bag, we'll write the location,
0: um, what tideline we took it from, and the date. Then we have to take these bags of grey-coloured sea sand back to the lab. A fish tank buzzes in the corner of one of the California Lutheran University biology labs. It's a cold saltwater tank that mimics the ecology off the coast of Southern California. So there's anemone, mussels and starfish in it. Leclaire and Ibrahim have set up their equipment to examine the sediment they collected at Sycamore Canyon and count all the microfibers they find. Leclaire goes through the process of separating the invisible to the naked eye microfibers from sediment.
2: And I'm going to put 100 milliliters of sediment into my 600 milliliter beaker here.
0: She mixes the sediment with salt water This is so the microfibers will be separated from the sediment and float in the water. Then she pours the water through a filtration system that flushes out the water and leaves just the microfibers on a piece of filter paper. This process is called a wash. They will do this multiple times to try and catch as many microfibers from this sample of sediment on the filter paper. The next step is to take a look at the filter paper under a microscope. Abraham takes over at this point.
2: So we are currently analyzing wash number one, and we will be counting the number of black, red, green, and blue microfibers we found, as well as the other colors of microfiber. Sometimes we have a purple or a yellow or like a clear. So looking at them under the scope with the light on, um, there are two red fibers. And they're both pretty small.
0: The process of counting every single microfiber can be tedious. These students use a strategy of moving across the filter paper, section by section, and counting every single thread they spot. Sometimes these microfibers can be entangled clumps. It'll take the lab partners a long time to count every microfiber from this sample. But from another Sycamore Canyon sample, they counted 421 microfibers on a single filter paper from 100 milliliters of sediment. The lab has also found microfibers present in the mussels you find in harbors and jetties, in the gills and guts of anchovies, and in every squid sample they've put under the microscope. Steven Ortez Hernandez is another biology student. He was also in the lab that day. He's been studying microfibers in all kinds of fish. Today, he's dissecting a grunion. Grunion are ocean fish found mostly along California's central south coast all the way down to Baja, California. Why are they interested in grunion?
2: They have not fed in the wild. It can be weeks or months because they are breeding.
0: Meaning the results from their empty guts will be particularly revealing. If they aren't eating, will the microfibers still be found in the fish? To catch a grunion, you have to wait for them to swim up the beach during their breeding season. Grunion hunting, as the practice is called, is regulated in California. You need a fishing license. You can only catch them by hand and you can't dig a hole to entrap them. It's slippery business, as biology professor Andrea Houvart found out with her students on a recent 1 a.m. grunion hunt on Ventura Beach. Okay, go. Look at them all. Oh, I dropped it. Back in the lab, Ortez Hernandez is now, with surgical scissors, dissecting the grunion to find out if microfibers are inside.
2: So we'll open the fish from the top, from the mouth, and we're pretty much going to cut from the mouth all the way to the anus. Perfect. So then after we have dissected the midline of the fish, we're pretty much going to open it up and make sure we have a clear view of the gills and the digestive tract.
0: His sample found microfibers present in the gills of this grunion, but not the gut, meaning even a starving grunion is swimming around with fibers. So why should we care that microfibers are present in the waterways, sediment, and fish around Ventura County? Here's LeClaire again, the environmental science student.
2: Unfortunately, these microfibers are in the water and going into these filter feeders, and not only those organisms, but higher up the trophic level, like fish and stuff, which in turn affect humans where we're when we're eating those organisms.
0: And her lab partner, Ibrahim, adds...
2: I'm sure everybody's familiar with the Pacific garbage patch and, you know try not to use cotton swabs and plastic straws, and all those things are very tangible, and you can see them, so you can see how bad the pollution is. If you're worried about that type of stuff, you should also be worried about microfibers. Just because it's out of sight doesn't mean that it should be out of mind.
0: For Andrea Huvard, it's even bigger than that. She's the biology professor.
1: People used to think that the ocean was so big that we couldn't really do enough to really change the course of the ocean, right?
0: She glances over at a complicated jigsaw puzzle she has framed in her office. It's a satellite view of Earth, mostly showing the ocean.
1: That's really why I have this picture of the ocean on my wall that I stare at every single day, because I look at that and I think, we have to look at that ocean and think of, how are we going to manage the natural world in the future? So. If I can get nine students to count microfibers in my lab, I'm thinking, okay, you know, because they're the future. I'm not the future. I'm the past.
0: When I asked these scientists what the solution to the microfiber problem is, many of them said simply, have less stuff. Wear your fleece jacket for nine months longer. Don't get a new one just yet. Take your clothes to a thrift shop so you're not inviting new microfibers into the world. You can also choose cotton or hemp clothing that doesn't have plastic microfibers. They call these the good microfibers. over to kclu.org slash podcast where you'll find photos from my visit to Sycamore Canyon and the biology lab. California Lutheran University is the parent of KCLU. The 101 is produced by KCLU Public Radio. We are NPR for the California coast. This episode was edited by Lisa Barber. I'm Michelle Loxton, the host and creator of The 101. If you have an idea or a story for one of our next episodes, email me at podcast at kclu.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend about it today. And don't forget to subscribe. This is The 101. Thanks for listening.